0: Hey everybody, welcome to the third episode of Foreigners Talk American, the fantastic podcast where I, a lone American, will discuss something interesting about my country's culture with a couple of my best foreign friends. With me again, very diverse group, is from Ireland, Gary. Well, how things? From New Zealand, Jonathan. What's up, boys? <laughs> and girls. From oh, yeah, South yeah. Korea, we got Andrew. Hi, millennials. <laughs> and we have a very <laughs> special guest today who's going to be... Uh, who's going to have the mm. honor of being the first non-foreigner to be on our podcast? Uh, David is here.
1: Hey, thanks for having me, Joseph. Yeah, thank goodness. Uh, the only non-foreigner. You've been having way too many foreigners on here.
0: I thought <laughs> this was getting a little bit too uh, blue state of an of a podcast, so I wanted to uh, mix things up a little. So we got a true <laughs> no, born and raised American. I saw his uh, I saw his passport before the show, so I, I can guarantee you that he he's, he's a true American. You guys excited? Yeah.
1: yeah, I'm excited. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me on here. This is cool. I'm a true American, I my passport
0: is actually expired, uh, but it's, <laughs> but why would you want to visit one of these foreign countries anyway, right?
1: Yeah, no, America's the greatest country in the whole world. There's no need to get any other. Perspective.
0: And we just lost most of our (laughs) our listeners. No, no, no. Obviously not true. Obviously not. Okay. So let's get into today's topic. Uh, The reason why I had David on our our show today is because I think this will fit very well with him. Because today we're going to be talking about millennials. And millennials is this very interesting uh, demographic, which we're all part of. They're part of the age group between the mid 20s and the late 30s. And what makes millennials really interesting is that it's the first generation where a large portion of our population is not living a better life than the previous generation, and some characteristics of millennials include uh, lack of good jobs, inability to buy homes, and a lot of them still live at home with their parents without health insurance and other basic needs like that david is this an accurate description of millennials, or am I going too far?
1: yeah actually actually actually, when you send me the description of how you define millennials. I thought you were just I thought that was the profile of me personally.
0: <laughs> this is actually a script from David's Tinder profile. This is actually what has
1: <laughs> That's what I put on all my social media when it's asked for a bio, yeah. But
0: so this no, is this is actually more or less describe people uh in your in your age group, David.
1: Yeah, and from a very um, you know, like I so first of all, I I think it describes a very good surface level idea of you know, kind of, kind of problems with the generation of millennials. It, it, it it addresses like different things, like really not either not being able to plan in advance or being able to plan, but not having the resources. I, I, I've always kind of, I, I grew up not having very much. First of all, like I didn't, I didn't have very much. I, my family grew up on like food stamps and welfare and then I got accepted to University of California, San Diego. I, I got grants. And then I still kind of didn't know what to do with my money. I spent it on like Wabba Grill and like uh, <laughs> like sushi. and. Which just, is our new sponsor, Wabba Grill. Yeah, <laughs> and, which is fine. Like I was just going out to have fun and hang out with friends. Um, what I realized later was that if I had reserved some of my resources for, you know, for situations like this, I would kind of be a couple of a couple of steps ahead of probably my peers, the next generation. But I'm I I just feel like I'm kind of in the middle of the storm right now, uh, just getting by. I don't I don't own a house. I rent I rent two rooms out from a retired uh, uh, stoner construction guy. He's really cool. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but would
0: you, would you say your story is pretty typical to your peers and, and people in, in your age demo? Definitely, where yeah, a where owning my a house is are, just not a possibility, uh, you you might like have tr- trouble saving, et cetera.
1: Yeah, a lot of my friends are going through the same thing where they, you know, they've had trouble saving. They've been in and out of jobs, uh, either trying to find a career uh, or jumping from one industry to the next. Like I, I started like like a lot of people working in a coffee shop. Then I worked in a restaurant, uh, and then I ended up working in the corporate world, talking to you know business owners about about you know the 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 revenue 500,000 a year in revenue for their business but at the same time like even though I was doing that for like three years every day I would come back home and not really you know <laughs> not really reflect mm-hmm. the life of someone that's working in a corporate finance world it was crazy like I had this total disconnect and I and I would talk to my friends too and they're like wow that must be a a great experience you know to work in a and I'm—I was still just getting paid
0: a wage to get by. It's not like I, you know, was and, and making. keep in mind, uh, audience. David has a college degree from the finest university in San Diego, which we all attended—the University of California, San Diego. Absolutely. So, David, So, so,
2: so, have you? Did so? Did you? Did you graduate three years ago, and you've been working for three years, or you said?
1: Yeah. So I grad. No, I actually graduated close to seven. No, seven years ago now. Actually, seven back. Seven in January. I don't even know how I got into it. <laughs> I can't even count. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I, uh, I graduated in 2013. And right after that, I started working. <laughs> well, so right after that, I, I went through a, a breakup with this girl that I had been with for like six years. And I was like...
0: <sighs> oh, I, which is a typical was, millennial problem. Yeah, <laughs> That's and, a typical
1: millennial problem where it's like top <laughs> priority that your emotional... Is she dating grow. someone with a better salary than you right now?
0: Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. But but this he's person like, isn't like, on Foreigner's Talk American, so don't worry about that. Maybe.
1: <laughs> yeah, and we, she and I were both uh, really bad with money. Her, her parents, uh, like, you know, their house foreclosed, which was really sad. And we went through all of that. And then I still didn't know how to deal with my money. She got a little better at, you know, saving, and she financed a car, and she was building her credit. I, just something still never cor- connected in my, in my head so i was just still like you know partying going out and so we broke up because we were just on different pages on like how to how to plan for your future she was better at it and i was just i was getting carried away so i i started working in a like inbound phone sales job uh selling cybersecurity, and i was like this is just boring as hell and then i I started doing stand-up comedy so i had I had these two lives just, you know, veering. I had this, this forked, uh level of interest. One was, one was a phone sales job. And then one was making people laugh and really like, really, really taking people back away from reality so that they, so that I really could identify who I find my own identity better. Um, so it was weird. So I, I kept doing like the phone sales job. I ended up getting a DUI because I was just driving I was going out and partying driving this is like the
0: most serious episode we ever had dude it
1: was it was crazy like and because I'm a millennial I grew up with Mario Kart so I was doing these like power slides and stuff while I was drunk driving (laughs) he was
0: driving on mushrooms yeah (laughs) Yeah, which is the worst part about
1: being a millennial
0: no um I just I want to get into your your job that you you took you you took it because of, of necessity like this is the only place that would hire you like like, there, there isn't a better job with someone with a college degree when you uh, were looking for jobs in 2013, 2014?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, the job market was definitely suffering. There was, I mean, I, I studied communication and media and film. So instead of moving to Los Angeles to pursue that, I tried to stick around San Diego Okay. also. So so there's it was a little bit of my own choice to not situate myself in the same industry. But at the same time, even looking for jobs in San Diego was extremely... It was just—it was like almost impossible. So I just found whatever sales, phone sales job that I could
0: that I could get. So would it be fair to say that your career has been mostly made of jobs that you kind of don't see yourself advancing, in? like 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 something you're not passionate about, or something you don't see yourself doing in 20 years? Is that fair to say the, the line of jobs that you had since you graduated kind of fit into? Yeah,
1: definitely. And the and the, I think the funniest part about it is like I'll go from. A phone sales job, and I went to working uh, at a restaurant again for a while, and and then I always get into the interview, right? And the and the manager looks at me, and they're like, "So, you know, where do you see yourself in five years?" And my initial thought is just, "I don't know, you know, (laughs) I have no idea. Where do you see me in five years?" And that's really that's really like what it comes down to is like millennials are so good at, you know, what do you what do you see in me, not what do I see in myself, and how can I put that out there. So actually, I think that's why this whole quarantine is good because it's allowing everybody to introspectively build on themselves and and put it put back out whatever they're made for whatever their whatever they find their uh goals are whatever they're good at like it's it's really allowing people to uh stare back at themselves and be like shit, I guess i maybe I should actually." Be a cook or something. I'm cooking a lot now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it allows you to
0: explore your passions a, a little bit more because you have a lot more time to uh, to think. Gary, do you think this is a first of all? What, what do you think about David's life so far? And uh, is, is this is this a similar situation going on with people your age in in Ireland?
3: I think it's similar. I think no, I, I think it's similar. I think a lot of people would have a very similar story. Um, it's hard to know the full perspective of everyone, but for me, I see it through that kind of graduated with a college degree and in Ireland in particular most of us emigrate so it makes it slightly more of a different story where we will mostly leave the country and find a job somewhere else so this is so most people
0: emigrate if they if they have a good degree or is it uh, everyone emigrates?
3: Um, everyone that's willing to emigrate. So so there's some people who are more want to stay at home and want to stay in the in Dublin or want to stay in their hometown. But anyone that kind of has I wouldn't say aspiration, but like if you're willing to, that's your where you get more opportunity by going to London, going to canada going somewhere abroad or australia is kind of the I, the the norm so most of my engineering class left ireland straight after university or soon afterwards and so we all end up paying and living abroad and uh, the people who stayed stayed either living with their parents so that they could afford uh, a deposit for a mortgage or they're struggling to survive in dublin with no prospect
0: of ever owning a house so. Would you say most of the people you know uh, in Ireland, because you, you you have a STEM major, uh, is, is from an engineering background?
3: Yeah, the primary amount of people will be a STEM background. Okay, so They're... you're not
0: a great you're not a great example of a typical because you got a, you got a degree that's going to get you a good job. You know, that, that's pretty. So you pretty well
3: off. possibly true and possibly i've podcast. already paid yeah, off my of student. i may have paid off my student loan already so i'm maybe not the best
0: example here all right let's get to a good example jonathan how <laughs> <laughs> <Our> are millennials <laughs> nice. doing it, in new, new zealand get a bit cold sometimes but no i'm kidding right
4: uh, uh, first of all hi guys and uh to the non-millennials that might be listening in i mean we had one comment on youtube from a certain tom a bit mature, I'm telling you, so man, that was might, a
0: bot. Don't, don't, don't
4: listen to him. I <laughs> mean, okay, if not for that guy, if yeah those you know, sort of non millennials out there, generation X's or boomers out there, uh, this is an episode not to you know, pretty much shit on you guys, okay? Now, I'm gonna still give you guys credit where it's due, um, namely because I think my parents are probably with some of this you now, they've been asking me about your podcast, Joseph. <laughs> but <laughs> long, it's our short. podcast, uh, Jonathan. It's our podcast,
0: you guys, <laughs> much <have> uh, to blame, <laughs> yeah.
4: But um, so, yeah, like, I mean, you guys have touched on so many things. So I don't want to start. To, yeah, I mean, every generation has their own challenges, right? So, I don't say that I do appreciate all the things that our parents' generation and, and our grandparents' generation has had to go through, um, taking from them, especially, you know, having to, yes, also work hard now. Sure, I'm not saying that we don't have to, we do, right? But at the same time, um, when David mentioned the disconnect, I think that really hits um, hard and it hits home, I think, to our, our, our situation right now, because uh, for one, we're told to, uh, yes, study as hard as you can go to school go to uni you know and then get a proper degree and get a proper jobs to you know avoid pretty much going to, to those entry-level jobs that you know that pretty much obviously to the least right but at the same time that's probably the jobs that are most abundant now i don't know if it's the same u.s countries but definitely new zealand right we told to then you know do our best to not settle for those and go for the the high-paying jobs, definitely the white-collar jobs, right? But at the same time, then, uh, we had the whole conundrum, I think, that you guys should probably relate to when you first came out of uni, right? To have no experience, definitely can't get the job. And if you don't have a job, you can't get experience. So uh, <laughs> that was definitely, I think, and it's still what a lot of people face out there, the young people trying to get into the, the workforce, right? And then also with um, the, like, just job specifications, getting more and more, you know, particular, and that, I guess, not being communicated well enough to what's expected out of us, young people trying to get in. So yeah, you really see a lot of young people just struggling actually to, so I guess, you know, set the right foot forward, get a job that suits. So would you say it's like
0: a a lack of job uh, uh, availability now? Because I I think due to technology or various various other issues, like there just, isn't a need for too many white collar jobs that aren't like STEM or science.
4: Yeah, so you're right. That's just, you see, you have technology, automation, and all of that. We all know that's the reality. And then we also so know you're that. A secretary you know, with, with, uh, now can
0: be replaced with like Google Docs like, or like a yes. you know, calendar app. No,
4: and, and that's a legit concern, you know. And then, of course, with the older generation still, you know, staying longer in the workforce, and most companies wanting to, you know, retrain them instead of maybe entrusting these jobs to you know, the, the young ones that lack the experience and also probably the right attitude. I'll maybe get into that later. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also, the global workforce was also kind of making us having to compete with more people, not just from our countries, but also abroad. And there's all, yeah, factors kind of play to how, yeah, we're kind of in a weird situation where, but where yeah, it seems like, yeah, there's a few maybe jobs out there for us. But at the same time, I don't know if that's entirely true. I think it's maybe more of the right types of jobs that we're not, I think, getting access to. But
0: there's only, like, so many jobs available that you can be passionate about. Like, for example, David, you're you're aspiring to be a comedian. How many famous comedians are there? Uh, there's like, I mean, there's, you know, probably only like, so like someone that you would pay $20 or more to see. It. Oh, me personally. Or like the general public. <laughs> <Would> you, <laughs> as le- someone, lesser as someone, or more than like 200 people. Right.
1: Yeah. Someone that has like 30,000 in student loan debt and, uh, and owes a lot on their taxes. I would pay to see like one comedian. Um, uh, but, but I think, I think, na- I think normally, I'm going to
0: say it's not Louis UK.
1: <laughs> no, I wouldn't I would see him in front of people, but not by myself. Like I wouldn't <laughs> see him on in a private room or a hotel room or anything. <laughs> no, um <laughs> no, I I think uh I think I think typically like there are maybe like three or four or maybe maybe five comedians that people would see that I would that I'd probably go pay to see if they stopped in uh in my hometown or even like in Los Angeles.
0: Okay. Yeah, so the point is like there's uh let's say less than 200 top billing comedians, but how many aspiring comedians are there, right?
1: Yeah. There's like, there's like, I don't know, hundreds of thousands probably. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I I don't know. And 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 that's not
0: even counting all the YouTube guys that that are trying to get a name for them outside there. Right.
1: Yeah. And it's always like, you know, and it's always, I I think, I think especially with our generation, you know, I, I see this difference in, comedians in starting comedians as well. Like you'll look at, um, like a, like a millennial that's starting out, you know, they'll have a better grasp on how to use technology, but maybe lack the confidence and the fearlessness that it takes just to get out there and put themselves out there. Yeah, Cause they don't want
0: to be rejected or they don't yeah, want myself to myself
1: included. Like I'm a, I'm a suspect of that all the way. Like where I'm like hesitant to like, I don't know if I want to, you know, do this. Whereas like, I've met comedians that are like, you know, Forty and fifty, even just starting out, and they're like, I don't know how to use, you know, Instagram or Twitter or whatever, but I know exactly what I want to say, and they'll they'll do well out at an open mic or something. And but but there's that lack of. I think if if both, I don't know. That's the thing is like, ideally, if both generations could come together on working, (laughs) you know, with each other to to bring the entire industry up. I think that's what um, past generations had, like in the times of like Eddie Murphy. And you know Bill Cosby, you know before we knew he was raping women or whatever, or suspected for <laughs> raping.
0: Um, no, he, but, he's in jail. It's pretty much a proven. Oh yeah, before we <laughs> he's convicted. He he's drugging, convicted. Yeah, drugging
1: women. So, but there was that there was that connection between two, again between two different generations um, where they were like, come, cut, you know, I'll take you under my wing and uh, and show you show you what what i but, do and what works but let's though.
0: get get into the millennial generation so like you're saying uh, the millennial generation is more afraid of failing in front of an audience in, in the case of comedian and it, it can go into any any field but like you're afraid that you're going to get rejected because you're so used to kind of filtering your life out and let's say like social media where you can choose exactly the moment you want to share to to your audience and you feel vulnerable if you don't have that that control is that fair to say
1: yeah absolutely but and there's a, there's a, there's a silver lining to that too, where, where I think like, like if you, you know, obviously if you, if you live in the fear of rejection, you it's, your options are going to be limited with, you know, how much exposure that you get. But also I, I feel like if you try to live in the, as a millennial, like trying to live in each moment, you know, whether it's moments of happiness, sadness, depression, uh, being glad, being grateful for something. I think the world also, people look at social media and, and sometimes will look at your negative posts and be like, you know, maybe that's the only thing they've seen from you in a long time. And they're like, well, this guy really doesn't look at life <laughs> with a good perspective. If they see one negative yeah. post from you, it could really, it could really change your voice. So I, I think it's important for everyone to live like a a balanced life where they're resolving things mentally at the same time before putting, putting their voice out there. And then, and then there's less fear of rejection and you're not going to be afraid of people not uh, accepting what you have to say.
0: Okay. Speaking of someone that's never afraid of being rejected, uh, Andrew, how is uh, the <laughs> millennial generation doing in Korea? Because uh, you're you're doing pretty well. You're, you're you're you had a good education, and then you got a, a pretty good job. But would you say your story is pretty typical for most people your age in Korea, or like some people just working uh, jobs that are actually, not as great? Yeah,
2: anymore? yeah. I, I have a lot of actually. I want to intervene in the the David story a lot, and I'm I'm very impressed with David's story because when you say millennials in korea we say millennials are those who are born
0: after nine uh, no, yeah, it's, it's, it's people that grew up that? in the millennium yeah. so it's probably like if you're born between 84 and 96 84 mm-hmm. and
2: 96
0: yeah okay because actually i uh, i could find a job
2: uh uh, you found a job pretty quickly
0: after college right but you went to a pretty good
2: college yeah much easier than those who than than the others because i might not be a good example but still in korea even even my friend or my my friends who are young much younger than me find find very hard time to getting a job i don't know why but is it i don't think it's the matter of the individual i think it's the matter of the society itself because the job market the competent the compet, this is really competition I don't know competition is really severe I don't it's know okay we'll say. teach you English you. on the way yeah, thank <laughs> you but yeah and in my age those who my friends who graduated same time with me mm-hmm. anyway they, they, they find a job at last like applying for like companies 10, 20, 30, 40s okay fine they get fine they get it those who are born in like five years younger younger than me and, and they find it really hard to getting a job except unless they're major in the computer science. And I think same for the other countries as well. If your major is like a literature, like a sociology, like, uh, like even even business
0: major, they find it themselves. They are very, very few positions open for them. So, so what happens to a Korean find, with, a, with a literature major or a business major, can't find a job? Does he end up working uh, a retail job or something? Or does he is he stuck? Is he not doing anything?
2: Uh, as you know that the in Korea most most of students live with their parents on before they get married, so they mm-hmm. they can survive. They don't have to pay for pay for land, and they live for their lives. But it's a really really severe situation. It's really it's a really really difficult, and that's one of the most major problem in Korea. And and not not getting what well, those young people are supposed to have. You know, most passionate in your life and. They have to find, they know, but they want to do something that, that makes you excited, right? The most, but yeah. in reality, like David said, that they just got any jobs. They, they can earn money, which they don't like, which they never thought of. And and people find the jobs that's totally not related to their majors.
0: And are these uh, jobs that actually can lead to better lives? Or is this just something to get by, to get some money? The later on, the later. The latter. I
2: don't know, because, oh, actually, there's a book called The there was a, a nine, the the bestseller, 90s Are Coming, which describes the generation, those who were born in 1990s, who are different from me, because I was born mm-hmm. in 1980s. We, we describe it, we separate that generation, they're so much different from the previous generations.
0: And I thought we were yeah. brothers, eh? but uh, I guess not. <laughs> Andrew thinks he's a he's a different generation than us because he's a two yeah. years older. than
4: <laughs> Man, seriously? Okay,
2: I, I'm working and I see. I I've been seeing lots of. I've been working this company for five years, and I have seen lots of newbies. Those who were born in 1990s. I don't know. I become like a. Oh, you say boomer, right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't yeah, think you have to worry we, about that.
2: <laughs> in Korea, we have the similar word. Konde.
0: Okay, gonde. I feel okay. like
2: i feel like i'm like a boomer It's, it's almost it is the same meaning as a boomer those who are born like before you and they know they try, they say they know everything you have to follow everything i everything i say you're young you don't know anything just listen to me
0: those, those guys are called boomer but but that's just part of korean In culture Korea. right? you always respect your, your elders you can't even go to a korean barbecue restaurant and then eat, eat your meal until the elder has the, the meat first right Nah, that, that's, that's I was fun. watching a documentary yesterday, and that's exactly what happened. <laughs> Anthony Bourdain and David Chang were eating Korean barbecue. But anyway, yeah, uh, so yeah. I guess the I guess what we learned is like Korea is doing like it's it's very similar. Like this is a similar problem from every part of every part of the world that this this younger generation is struggling. David, does that make you feel better about your own life?
1: Actually, it really does. I was like, oh, thank God, other people don't have jobs. <laughs>
0: there's a korean david out there there's a korean david
1: out there no, I, I agree with what Andrew's saying though that like um you know I mean even, even for myself there was a time in the last 3 years where I was I was const- I was consistently employed um in the business finance space and I had friends that were like I don't know what I want to do with my life and and I had figured out very late that you have to you really do have to get at least you know at least even if it's just to make money you have to get into Um, a pattern in the job market of, you know, similar, similar jobs back to back or else the people that want to hire you are not going to know if you are going to be there for, you know, three months, six months, even eight months, kind of too short of a time. So I, 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 I definitely kind of learned that recently. I wish if I were to do it again, I would have, that would have, I would have gotten right out of college and started, even if I had worked in a restaurant until I got, my first, you know, media related or writing gig or T V related job just as a production assistant, that's what I would have done if I were to do it all over again is just actually start in the industry that I that I want to stay in.
2: Don't you regret majoring like not majoring in computer science or engineering, which makes you like getting a job easier?
0: So I would yeah, I would that... say that's that's a very tough question because like I don't think any like not everyone has the cognitive skills to study computer science i i think only 10 percent of jobs is actually a stem job and it's not fair to say like why didn't ca- you study a Are useful you major
1: me, you call me stupid joseph no uh that's that's what i was heavily <laughs> implying
0: but i guess the better question is like if I, I you could take it back that. would you go to college would you have just started your career at 18
1: i thought i thought of that too like would i have just yeah started a career or would i've just gone to a community college But I I think I still, if I were to do it again, I would still go back to college, but I would try to explore um, different majors that, where I could use, I mean, I I studied and majored in communication and then I went into film, but I I realized afterwards, like I could have still studied film, but something where I'm applying, yeah, obviously with like technology and I I really felt like I, I should have done like programming. Because I'm a pretty logical thinker too, but just in my, I don't know, just in my, in retrospect, I guess it's always easier to say, yeah, I would have done, I would have been a computer science programmer and merged it with film and created like a media company uh, of my own.
0: But, uh, but that but then- is really scary what you're saying right now, because you're basically saying, if you can go back in time, I would tell myself not to study something that I'm passionate in and study something that will probably give me a, be- a better job, which is a, a very scary mindset. To, exactly. For, no. For and that's, generation.
1: yeah. And that's, that's the, that's why I say that, like, I've thought about that before, but I don't think it's, it's how people should live because if, if I hadn't done communication and hadn't taken those two acting classes, which I did wonderfully in, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and I did, I did my own radio show, uh, which is actually one of the other ways that we, we started hanging out as I went to your radio show, like, if I hadn't done all of those things you know side 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 by side, I don't think I would have such a passion and confidence when I do go out and you know used to do open mics or whatever live, but I wouldn't have that confidence of voice to be able to tell my story now. I don't think so, so yeah i think I think wherever whatever resources we have now, we should try to you know do our best with you know making the best out of whatever situation
0: we have. Now, uh, I want to bring this to Gary because I think you have probably the the best education out of all of us or the most useful major. Like, what do you think about this mindset of, of following something that you know will be more stable or following something that you're passionate in?
3: Uh, so I went into engineering just at the end of probably the last recession and so a lot of people had this mindset that this was the solution that they would be in these more stable stem jobs but one third of my engineering class dropped out within those first four years Um, and so many people started and spent all this money to start in university and dropped out and had to start off again um, because our system doesn't allow the freedom possibly of the american system but it was um dropped out of your course you were out and then they lost a year so there was a lot of people who had this mindset who weren't really set up or ready or wanted or had the passion for engineering and when they started they ended up dropping off so it's it's not an easy solution to everything and i don't know it's not it's not i don't think it's the easiest answer is to go back and do something that maybe you're not passionate about it was always my interest and it was always my and that drove me through it and especially when you're like in the deepness of it all and when i went to study in the u.s it was quite challenging
2: and okay. you like the engineering since the
3: beginning from yep. beginning yep so i always had this kind of mindset and played with lego all my childhood and built
0: things and i always had a passion for railways so hmm. see well, i think that's something that's incredibly an advantage if you're if you're passionate about something that can lead to financial stability. Like you're probably interested in reading theorems and, 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 and math stuff that, that can help you in your career where I'm like interested in like reading fantasy football stats, which doesn't help anyone. So I'm always like jealous <laughs> of people. Like, Statistics do help.
3: Statistics <laughs> help and data analytics is the
0: future. But, See, but
3: I, you want I to give me some
0: that. stats advice next year for fantasy football? <laughs>
1: Like, I would, I would see, I, don't, I, don't, I can't even follow fantasy football. I'm like, I'm like, fantasy, I think people are going to say, like, fantasy island, and we're going to talk about love or something. <laughs> I'm so, I always grew up so, like, thinking about so much, I grew up, I grew up thinking more about storyline than, like, you know, than, like, facts and, and data. And that was that, so I would be playing with Legos, too, and then my Lego characters would, like, start making out, and I'd be like, oh, we're going to go on the <laughs> and like forget what what this guy built like it it just it it always turned into a storyline for me and that's that's i think it's i think it's more important to be in immersed in your passion than try to force yourself down you know
3: creativity is the one thing you cannot automate like that's the truth and having and having that kind of insight is probably the most valuable skill in the future Um, you never saw that
0: south park with funny bot
3: True, true. It kind of worked. Um, but it was, it, it's, to me, that's probably, like, the jobs that are being automated, the jobs people are being replaced, are not, th- does anyone have a passion for those jobs as much as, like, it's creativity, it's following your hobbies, it's all these things, is probably better, and by automating all these things, we have allowed people to do
4: more of that sort of thing. Yeah, the main thing, a really good point is, that I want to just sort of, you know, jump on it, actually, Um, but... I the last thing that Gary said, it's so alright, you see, you said that, you know, creativity can't be replaced, can't automate creativity, right? That's so true. And I think that also reflects another misconception of how BS yes, millennials were supposed to come in there and, you know, I guess, cre- carry on that that, that, that um, creativity, if not actually be more creative and, you know, create more of a market for those kind of creative jobs. But then, So that's what, you know, people are telling us as well from I think the, the past generations, right? But then at the same time, uh, are they, are we actually being prepared for those? You know, because on one hand we're saying, yes, we have to be creative. We have to develop our, our innovative you know, spirit, you know, but on the other hand, we're saying, no, no, you actually have to do these certain jobs to fill the certain job market that we have now. And, uh, you know, since the um, neoliberal policies that have been in place, you know, for the last few decades, right, you know, we've been told more and more, sorry, right? Yeah, you do these jobs, that will guarantee you a good, sorry, do these degrees, study them, that'll guarantee you a good job. But reality says, no, not really actually, isn't it? And so then I want to go back to what David was saying. uh, The question that you were asking him about, you know, oh, would you go back in time and you know not actually go to uni at all, just go out there and uh, and, you know figure out your life without having to go to school? Good question. I guess people ask it more and more now, right, in this this generation. But then I think that um, we can't deny the fact that education is still, I think, the best predictor of of you know of salary levels, right? So if you're educated. Uh, at tertiary level you are more likely to get a better job out there so so you know i think you know, we you should still be going to school and not say that you know it's even sort of easy now it's getting more and more harder like, difficult it's getting more expensive right but then at the same time i think it's also our bet to kind of just assume that yeah with a degree we'll probably be all right getting out there get a job easily no you know so um so again you know, the whole misconception of, of you know i guess what's expected of us and uh from the employers i guess point of view and and what we i guess you know should be doing in terms of, you know, juggling our passion and, I guess, our skills, you know, kind of having that awareness like earlier, the better, right? So kind of like you know, what, what David was doing there before, if you could see this on screen. If I like that the whole kind of mix, you know, like getting both <laughs> sides on the table,
0: just to just understand what's, you know, what's being expected. Um, I, I mean, universities both. try to do that with electives right now, but that's, that's not really doing much. Yeah,
4: but, um, but yeah. Sorry, I just wanted to.
0: to...
1: I have a, I have a short, funny story talking about it not doing much. Like I took this elective in college. Okay, so I I recently applied to this job. Um, one of the requirements it it, it was working as a uh, like a in a sales job for uh, like a parts supplier for hospitals. Mm-hmm. It's just this job that I applied to recently. One of the requirements that they had was that you have you have to have a 3.0 and above. And of course, like I've been through a lot of interviews, so I'm like, yeah, I had a 3.0, I had a, I had above a 3.0, and I wasn't really sure if that was true. Uh, and of course, they called my bluff on it, and I looked at my trans, <laughs> my, <laughs> I, I, looked at my, uh, my unofficial transcript, and I was like, shit, I had a 2.792, and then I realized, like, why is, why are GPAs, as a side note, why are GPAs the only thing that they don't round up? You know, like <laughs> if you're going to be paid like four dollars and ninety five. So I I looked at my transcript. I had a two point seven. and I was like, I have to tell them that I don't have a three point but not only that, I took this elective in college that uh, it was it was environmental biology and like taking care of the environment. And I in like my last two years, I've like I've overcome the problem of littering out the window of my car. And I'm proud to say that I. No longer litter out the window. I know I was a I was a shit person. Like I was becoming a, but but when looking at the environment class, I got an F in it, and I realized that
0: because the professor uh, saw your car. (laughs) Yeah,
1: Yeah, they changed my grades. No, no. Like I guess, like in retrospect, I was I was take I was probably taking in the information, and I never did anything with it. But having gone to university, I can look back and really hold myself to a better standard now like I should know you know I should know these things already about taking care of the environment about applying myself about being resourceful about um, engaging different cultures like I should be applying these things more so that I can really represent the the schooling that
0: I've that I've done. So would you say it's worth the the debt that you accrued during uh university? No not at all. <laughs> that's a very american concept too like uh these these guys on the call right now they don't have to deal with this i think hey, universities what?
4: we have all that too it's just like that much uh you know like an eighth i think of your amount.
0: it's the it's no the problem. cost of like a pool table or something right um no but you know <laughs> maybe it's, like the one at your apartment back in the day at this this table probably that one that was a 30 dollar yeah craigslist purchase
3: but at least at, yeah, we but, can we can see our way out of our debt, which is probably the main difference. Whereas yeah, I don't,
2: yeah, I don't that's, a, I,
0: that's that's a big advantage too.
2: Yeah, but so, considering the price of the university, getting a university degree in America, you know, you know, is really really expensive, right? So you you can on, on, on the university,
0: but if you want to go to some a place with a with a good name that will look mm-hmm. good on your your resume, then yes, it will cost mm-hmm. quite a bit of money.
2: Yeah, I was very surprised to hear from you and the other friends when it was at the UCSD that the price of the, you know, the the, the cost is like, high. I don't know, like for foreigners, I heard it's like a
0: 20, 20K, right? $20,000 Oh, it's way more than that. Because, uh, so UC system is cheaper if you Popper live in the state. Per year, but isn't you, it? Yeah. For foreigners, I would say it's closer to, and I don't, I don't know the current statistics now, but it's probably over 50K a
2: mm-hmm. year. Yeah, oh, that's way much like like way much than the the price of the university in Korea and tuition. But I cause I don't know. Do you paid a lot? I mean, you and your friends in America paid a lot, usually, usually to create to create a university. And every, every I heard that every, most of the students have, like loans loans like uh forty k or fifty k, grand right. Mm-hmm. That. It
0: depends on the person. And if you go into grad mm-hmm. school, you get your PhD mm-hmm. is even worse. And what oh. makes it really tough is if you, mm-hmm. uh, if you major and get a PhD, you study for seven years or something. And it's a, mm-hmm. it's not a great major for a job. Like if it's a, let's say communication, for example, if you study that you can only really become a communication professor and possibly mm-hmm. pay your loans off that way
2: yeah then what's the point
0: of paying that much fee in the university if if you, if you find a,
2: if you only find a job in, okay. in the university and if, if if you can't find a job then what's the point of get, so getting so that's what was degree? wrong with, with
0: yeah. our generation like that's what our generation yeah. was tricked into that getting a college degree will automatically give you a good life if you have a mm-hmm. if you have a, let's say UCLA Berkeley on your resume you're going to be fine. You're going to find a good job, but that's just not true anymore. And that's probably the the real cause of all these millennial issues is that we think that there's a path to a good life that was traditionally true for, for many years. Let's let's say it was true for like 40 years since the you know college system has been in, in place or the, the modern college system, but that's just not really true anymore because there's so many jobs that are either an older person has and will not quit. So you can't open up that job anymore for a young person. Or there isn't enough jobs opening up for someone without a, a technical skill set. So this is, uh, yeah, this is, this is what causes a lot of these millennial issues.
4: And the thing is, just to go on that, once we get a job, right, uh, on what uh, was mentioned before as well, you know, they would say, yeah, maybe it would be great to, you know, stay in the job and actually progress through, right? Again, another misconception is that my parents, you know, saying that, oh, these kids, you know, what do they know? of course, they've never been through tough, actual tough lives before, and then once they get a job, guess what, in one or two years, they're off, you know? They don't have to fucking keep to a job. And so actually, there's some really some homework about this, like, what, what is this actually? Um, And so, yeah, uh, it's kind of reflects this, again, another misconception, right, on how we, you know, obviously are seen as not, you know, being able to commit, right, Uh, (laughs) not being able to sort of, you know, fight to deserve that sort of progression uh, pathways, right? But I think at the same time, um, apparently what, uh, sorry, boomers expect is to have us, you know, be motivated enough first to kind of like, yeah, um, keep fighting, keep keep working hard at your job before you know these opportunities are then presented to us. Whereas what millennials apparently like to see first is yeah, it's the goal at the end, right? Do I get to progress like after these, you know, one, two, three years? If not, like why why do I you know why should I be as loyal and stick to this job that I have now? So yeah, like uh that I think also says a lot right about the, the you know our generation of of, of is that eventually get into the workforce, and okay, so that's also I think a big debate, isn't it? Then you know why should we you know why should we then trust millennials, on <laughs> our own? Well, world it, it kind of goes into like what,
0: what your goal is in life, and I think I don't want to generalize, but a lot of the boomers' goal is just to like make enough money, have a house, have a family.
4: But, because they had to be pragmatic yeah Of
0: course. and you work any job to to get to that goal like uh your goal in life isn't to have a passionate or great job or, or a job that you're passionate about it's it's about those other things but would you say more or less that millennials are trying to have a different end goal in their life and it's more of a happiness thing
4: i think it's circumstantial because right now i mean sorry you guys can definitely answer this uh after, after, but like we you know we're living in a time right now where. Most of it anyways, I'm gonna say, you know, everyone of our age, you know, uh, I guess people from our sort of social chronic status uh, background, you know, we don't have to worry about I guess as much anyways, or, I don't know, putting food on the table as much or like, you know, having a roof over our heads, as much as you know, I guess our parents back that they had to, vis-a-vis the burdens that they had maybe also had to kind of carry from their family situation. So yes, we are, we're we generally living healthier and, and, you know, a more comfortable lives. And I guess that again plays into the whole misconception of how like, yeah, we, we can't we can't take Rejections before you were saying, David. Uh, we can't take the you know the, the, uh sort of the toughness of you know of what they then had to experience back in the day, you know. But um, but I that's not quite true. I would say you know
1: definitely. I think that brings. I think that brings us like, that brings me back to what I was thinking before about um. You know, I'm I'm actually, I've actually been thinking lately that this quarantine is really good, for our generation because we haven't had, you know, we haven't had that that big bad thing that you know that past (laughs) generations had had yet we hadn't had that we're like past generations have been like you know you didn't go through uh i don't know the the war yeah the vietnam war was going on um the great depression for like the older older generations like they always had those those claims of hardship that they could refer to and i think that was like the huge motivator for them you know i just got to put food on the table i just got to get you know, get working, get saving and then eventually just have enough money to support my family. I think that's what's being put on us now. Like just just naturally, I think our generation is learning like, okay, yeah, bad shit can happen at any time. <laughs> like I have to I have to have something stable. Cause I, I'm like I'm applying at Smart and Final, like Monday. Uh I've never worked in a grocery store but we'll see what happens. Like That's a tough place I, to work
0: right now, man. That's yeah, <laughs> You're sure. an essential worker.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm just trying I'm just trying to like support myself at this point. Whereas before I was just like, hey, it's all just about the story that I want to tell and you know, I'll I'll get another job in phone sales and so, like I was I was finding myself in all of these very leisurely comfort situations, but now I'm just kind of I'm I'm still very um encouraged to tell the story and I'm still you know, I still wanna mm-hmm. narrate what's going on, but at the same time I'm like, yeah, there's no time to waste. Like I gotta I gotta save up
4: money and like <laughs> and just get yeah. something. Yeah. No, yeah. So it doesn't just reflect again the, the struggle between your know, pragmatism and I guess you know uh passion like you say, right? You know, uh, again so I think adding the fact that that I think sums up the 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 situation where you know the job markets, you know, changing faster than ever. But at the same time, you know uh, we're still being told that, you know, we should probably prioritize stability, right? Huh? Get a, <laughs> a proper job that'll actually, you know, see you be able to live and uh, hopefully this will grow when millennials really see that uh, clearly enough. And therefore, you know, like, yeah, like you, what you guys said before, you know, changing careers many more times now than our parents ever did. Cause we, I guess, so, we have to. So we?
0: even right. even with all these problems, Jonathan, would you yeah. trade your life for boomer life? Like, would you rather have been born 30 years ago? No. Right. Hell no. Cause we have so no. many great things. Yeah, definitely. And I think, I think, uh, yeah. Is that, is that the general sentiment for everyone in this call? Like, even though like millennials are dealing with all these issues, like, yeah, we're living at a time that's super, super advanced and we're still relatively young.
4: Yeah. And I think you're right about that. So uh, of course I think, you know, with the, you know the vulnerability and instability of, of, I guess, our prospects that take center stage and that should rightly be i think you know center stage right but you're right about how man we're living longer and we're living healthy we have you know many more prospects and opportunities now with, you know fewer sort of uh worries when it comes to actually having just to survive so uh to quote hassan minaj just uh, <laughs> a comedian i think you all are familiar with right he said uh you know my parents have to survive and now i've got to live i want to live i think and yeah kind of sums up the goal and yet also the struggle but you know but no wouldn't trade it for a thing obviously no like <laughs> My parents call us the strawberry generation. (laughs)
0: Strawberry generation? (laughs) Um, Did you say? Yeah. I
4: don't
0: understand. The strawberry generation.
4: So if you imagine the strawberry, I don't know, that's kind of, yeah, my dad's, I think, uh, definition of how uh, everything's selling out, I guess, cherries and and colors, and uh, it's all sort of, I guess it's like a backhanded sort of envy as well, where, yeah, it's all seemingly easier, (laughs) but at the same time, already. But then at the same time, again, yeah, like, uh, we have it better what we can, I think, aspire to. Whereas back then, right. I think the script was probably more written already for them.
0: So let's get into our final questions for today's show. Uh, what do you think would help millennials out the most? What solution would you implement? Solution for what? Like- to help help millennials <laughs> what kind, millennial generations. problem? <laughs> getting a job. Well, help them getting a job. <laughs> how to so find, I, how to, I think the, the best beer solution beer. would just straight up be uh, universal basic income, where everyone... Gets a a salary provided by the government or like a basic assistance, so you can potentially pursue your your interests while having the ability of not being homeless or not necessarily having to to live at home with your parents. That think. trust but you guys can disagree on me over that.
4: Oh, I definitely that's I think the most forward thinking uh, one of the many uh, oh. solutions, but. And it takes trust from the government has to know that we can all manage our money, right? So, <laughs> um.
1: I'm definitely, uh, I'm definitely for that. Yeah, I think you should have to go through an interview first, definitely. Uh, <laughs> but I
2: <laughs>
0: interview. Just,
1: yeah, I think I'm really good at interviews because I've been in between jobs for the last ten years. So I think I'd be, I'd ace the interview, and <laughs> and I, and I <laughs> and then I'd be able to pursue my dreams. Yeah,
4: yeah, and you know what? I think uh yeah, you probably be the, the best guy for that. <laughs> With all those interview experience stuff, but, but you know, yeah, honestly, accountability I think is what's needed with that as well. I see that that sort of initiative, right? I, I would love that for that, but I also get that you know, I get the scepticism. Skepti- I guess that's the word, yeah. <laughs> and um, the fact that you know, to add to some sort of accountability and making sure that that money actually is used for the said purposes, right? I think it would be necessary. People assume that would, but you know, it's not a square cut, right? I guess.
0: So I would I say, like, like people that are like patch, like uh, like wanted to study something that they're passionate in but decided not to let's say they study engineering because they were somewhat good at it but they didn't really want to pursue a career in it they can have stability and for those that couldn't afford college in the first place maybe this this helps them you know pursue something but uh do you have something to say Andrew? Well I think Europe can have, have a
2: better solution because of you know the welfare system in Europe is much better than the other countries isn't
3: it Gary? Well, yeah, there's definitely income support in a way that I'm discovering doesn't exist in North America. But um, it's uh, it's um, it's definitely a difference. I'm skeptical of universal basic income because I believe money is ultimately a motivator. And I look at this quarantine and how lack of motivation I have, even though I have more free time than I've ever had. And I just find it hard to know how that line would go so I'm always skeptical of universal basic income because I feel like income does motivate me and the ability but then so do other things I did quit my permanent job to travel halfway across the world so um, that was for a lifestyle choice and that was a privilege that I had so it's harder to it's hard to know hard to know I I don't believe it solves the problem Um, it solves some problems but it doesn't really solve this kind of uncertainty of what people want to do um, and ability to do that.
0: Do you have a good solution for uh, like to help people in our generation that are, that are kind of struggling in this in this situation? It's hard because, um, as
3: you said, I don't fully have the same challenges. But um, for me, it's a, it's accommodation. It's um, a strange being able to own your own house or. least a stability right now the one thing i'm most sensitive to right now is the fact that i'm paying ridiculous amount of rent and as my income decreases i'm very aware of that that's not secure um and so that's it's around making life more affordable and balancing that again because i pay about 50 percent of my income on my rent and that's where i find my generation struggles the most so i think more of the controls of the balance of the cost of living that we can save again um whereas it seems to have gone to a stage where um, living now costs almost equal to your wage, whereas people before that didn't seem to have that same challenge. So I think it's more that balance than necessarily a basic income, because some people won't, do, we need people to do every job, and I don't think basic. if you can choose everything or whatever your passion is, then we have no one doing some jobs that
0: aren't necessarily as glamorous. Well, I still think people will still want to work if they want to get extra money. They just get the thousand dollars so they don't have to be homeless in that scenario.
2: Yeah, I think that's the story where I what I, I heard from Peter from the, the from Denmark. Uh, I think the Northern Europe model might be a solution for our generation because Peter was studying for his doctor's degree, and I I remember I asked him, "Hey, if you're studying for doctor's degree, then who is gonna pay for your you know groceries or rent or something?" And he said, "The government pays him for studying." I said, "What?" Like it was like 2012, and he said he his monthly salary for the doctor's
0: degree was like five thousand dollars. Five thousand Danish dollars or five thousand American
2: dollars. Yeah,
1: who cares? US, Where did he US, live? US I'm, gonna go, I'm gonna go live there.
0: Denmark. Yeah,
2: but he said his paying for his tax was like a fifty percent. But so, but he said his tax will be used for his life for his society. And for millennials, and I was really shocked that's the thing i, I was really shocked and if you if you're studying and in in the states as well if you're pers- pursuing your goal okay i wanna study more deep in the communication like deep uh, okay i will the comedy is the thing uh that makes me passionate most passionate about them then you have to care care for your money right how to support your your life and you you need some additional job but in Northern Europe, I think, I don't know how, but by paying tax for 50%, they said they're, they can help those young generations to more motivate themselves and look for their job, yeah. But
0: is it, think, are they only paying PhD students or are they paying struggling comedians in Denmark because, I I don't know. Know. <laughs> 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 because it kind of makes sense to, to pay the PhD students because it makes your country smarter you got more educated people but I don't yeah, think that's a, David go go perform some stand-up in Denmark and, and tell us what, what happens <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. hey guys props- I have this $5,000 salary now <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah I'm never I'm never coming back if I do that
0: <laughs> David do you have a solution to uh, how to help out millennials
1: I think, I think the, you know, any amount of government funding monthly, whether it's, you know, $200 or a thousand dollars, I think it would definitely help, uh, you know, boost the economy so that people have more stability and they can feel more comfortable pursuing what they want. But I think ultimately, you know, there should be more, there should be, be more government programs that teach, you know, resourcefulness or teach, um, Uh, teach how to be accountable how to be reliable that teach you know cultures really how to become more viable not only in the workforce but just as a as a human being I think I think there are like certain things like integrity that get lost with you know poverty stricken communities too that people you know resort to theft and violence whereas where it's like you don't need to turn to any of those things if you're actually given you know getting the right tools that you need to be i don't know valuable in the workforce i guess so i think there should be more workshops created by the government more um more programs be a high
0: school class that you have to pass that's like uh, this is what's (laughs) going to happen to you when you grow up
1: (laughs) yeah i really think there should there should be like a high school class that says like uh, hey college
0: is not always the answer and this is how much you're expected to, (laughs) to pay back if you go to berkeley or whatever
1: yeah, it's, yeah. The class, the class should have a unit test at the end of the at the end of the course um, that says you have three thousand dollars of credit card debt and ten thousand dollars of university debt, um, and, and you're working, you're working in a in an all you can eat Korean barbecue restaurant. Um, what what do you do? And you have to map out your plan for escaping debt. <laughs>
0: Uh, it's, uh, it's a depressing. <laughs> yeah, this <is> depressing.
1: <laughs> it's it'll be. But we have That's put, the millennial no,
0: generation, guys. We have to put all
1: the depression on the high schoolers, though, and not on the thirty-year-olds.
0: No, I'm just kidding. Well, no, on the bright um, side, we probably are living a better life than the next generation. So, that's,
4: <laughs> that's yeah. There, but, what you just said, I, though, reflects reflects what's up, though. You see, like on the bright side, we're um. Anyway, yeah, I was gonna say that. uh man, it just resonates because. Uh, the fact that we're saying, okay, I think we'd be better off the next generation. haha, uh-huh. That's you guys business to mm-hmm. deal with, right? That's pretty much what these old cunts now are saying about us. Like, you know, <laughs> they'll, they'll manage. That's all good, you know? They don't have to fucking, you know, deal war and hunger and all that. So I think it's uh, the main thing there where, you know, yeah, the older guys who are still, I mean, the most most of the employees out there are still, you know, from like, the previous generation, right? In fact, guess what? I think they yeah. already have to realize that, hey, you know, they have to, they have a, if not a D role to play in this in terms of, uh, going off with what Gary said to understand what motivates our generation, what we actually, you know, what we see, uh, what we yearn to achieve, you know, what actually uh, attracts us, right? And how we can then just bring the best out of, out of our millennial generation. And on the flip side of school, yeah, what David said, you know, it's, it's, it's kids themselves. I think oftentimes we're kind of just told to, you know, just study these things, you know, go to uni, you know, you'll be sorted, right? But no, I think it's about, yeah, getting them to be conscious and aware as early as possible on, on their, skills, their passions, and, you know, I guess the demands in the market out there are you know, always changing, but, you know, it's kind of getting that them to think about those things as early as possible. And that'll definitely help. I believe, you know, to kind yeah, of it, was, the, it wasn't
0: it was a good joke to to say, Hey, we're living better than the next generation because that's, that's, that's not, that's what causes all these issues that the next generation doesn't care about the previous generation or whatever. And that's I mean, what it's funny between us. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, no, you really made me think about that, because if we don't think about how to solve this problem for the next generation, then it just gets worse and worse and worse.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think the best way to solve the problem is is everyone needs to get off of TikTok. It's such a waste of time. <laughs> I, <laughs> I use it all the time, and it's, I'm not making any money.
4: <laughs> That's all we need to At do. Our and we, we At our expense.
2: At our intelligence
4: expense, you know, it is it's making their money, but yeah, yeah you're right. I don't Come on, it's making somebody good. money.
2: Yeah, that's good. That's a good chance. Actually, they're making a job, you know, in Korea, in elementary school students, those are like 10. The, the, the number one, the job, the dream job they want to have is a YouTuber. YouTube streamer, you say? <laughs> YouTube, yeah, so, yeah, YouTube,
4: yeah, the yeah, second is teacher,
2: yeah. The first is a YouTuber. Yeah.
4: <laughs> so next time, I hope we can get, uh, you know, Peter and, to talk about how his society has society's done really well in terms of, you know, inheriting that
0: that generational responsibility.
4: Big I guarantee text. you
0: he's not paying any, any guy on the street five grand just to be <laughs> telling <laughs> jokes. Hey, happy percent so, <laughs> <hey, you know? laughs> All right. On that note, we're going to end the show, but David, I'll give you the last word. Uh, anything you want to promote or anything? Oh, sure. Um,
1: I, I, I wanted to uh, actually, I wanted to add on to what, um, what Jonathan was saying the, earlier about like, you know, we should be really grateful to the past generations for everything that they did teach us. You know, I mean, we are, we are at a point now where we have to utilize a lot of stuff that we know, and we have to keep, keep finding out more information. Don't, don't be ignorant. Um, I guess I'll, I'll promote my, uh, my Instagram. I'm, uh, you can find me at, at little Davy Fritos. No, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I just think it's extremely important just to stay positive through this time and be grateful, be one, be entirely grateful for every, everything that you actually have and put back to what you were saying, Andrew, if kids do want to go out and be YouTube stars, it's important that, you know, they put out something positive, something good for the, you know, it's, there's, it's a real, there's a real time right now to shine. If you have, if you have something good to say uh, and bring to the table. So I think it's just important to keep staying positive and keep staying grateful to, uh, you know, for, for every,
0: everyone around us too. So David wants to promote positivity. And if you're the hiring <laughs> manager at smart and final, uh, and you're listening to this, give him a chance.
1: Yeah. And so, also you can, no. uh, you can donate to, uh, my, my homelessness prevention program at Venmo, uh, David Freitas. That's F R E I T A S. I'm preventing homelessness for my entire household, which is me. Um, <laughs> in the next couple of months. <laughs> 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 oh,
0: we appreciate oh you uh,
1: being on david <laughs> thank thank you for having me yeah
0: joseph i appreciate mm. it and yeah good good hanging with all of you guys thanks again david uh so for for gary jonathan andrew and david my name is joseph and thanks for listening to foreigners talk american